Welcome to Not Over, Just Different. I'm your host, Natalie Ledwell, founder of Mind Movies, the ultimate personal development tool to visualize and achieve your greatest life. This podcast is for women who are looking for inspiration and guidance as they navigate the changes that come through moving through the various stages of life, or for anyone asking themselves, who do I want to be? Now, on this transformational show, I'll be talking to inspiring people from all walks of life about their stories of how they faced and overcame life's challenges in powerful ways. These are raw, candid conversations, often not shared until now. We'll be discussing topics like health, relationships, life's transitions, aging gracefully, and learning to see life from a fresh new perspective. We explore what it means to continually grow and evolve as your world changes and live a fulfilling life. As well, we'll provide you with amazing tools and resources to help you move through change with courage and resilience. So if you're ready to take the plunge and start your journey to becoming your most powerful, authentic self, then join me, Natalie Ledwell, on Not Over, Just Different for insightful conversations about how to tackle life's new chapter. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast for this week. This week, we have two guests on with me, um, and both are very good friends of mine. We've got the amazing Shelley Lefko, who I think has been on the podcast before. We've we've talked to you before, haven't we, darling? Yep. 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 And then I've got Vaughn Yepranium here with us as well. So how are you, Vaughn? Excellent. Uh, so the reason that I have these two guys, uh, you know, speaking with me this week uh, is to talk about a new book that they have coming out at the moment, which is called Hitting the Wall. Uh, now, it's interesting because Shelley, uh, if you remember the last podcast we did with her, um, is doing a lot of work when it comes to helping us get past these beliefs that t- sabotage us and stop us from having the life that we're meant to live or that we want to live. Vaughn, on the other hand, is a lawyer. So you're like, okay, how did this collaboration happen? <laughs> it sounds very unlikely. <laughs> and yet once we, once we talk about it today, I'm sure you'll be able to see how it makes sense. Right. So, um, so Vaughn, why don't we start with, uh, with your, you know, story first and your, um, your motivation to want to collaborate with Shelley on the book? Sure. Um, so I'm originally from Soviet Union, a place where entrepreneurship was illegal. You basically get thrown in jail for trying to start a company or do something outside of the government control. Uh, When I moved here, that was one of the things, entrepreneurship was one of the things that really fascinated me and really drew me in. And me, myself being an entrepreneur, and eventually as I became an attorney, start representing entrepreneurs and have for the last 25 years, uh, probably about 3,000 plus entrepreneurs, um, I had, I came up myself, came against some of the beliefs that I had inherited back in Soviet Union about entrepreneurship, about beliefs about, you know, not speaking out, not standing up, um, to authority, uh, not thinking outside the box. Um, and I had noticed that in my own work that was holding me back. And as I start working through my own beliefs that were holding me back in my business, I start paying attention to some of my clients' talk and actions and how um, some of them being held back. Um, Shelly and I met several years ago in Costa Rica at a conference, Mind Valley uh, conference called AFES, where she was speaking with her husband, actually, late um, 
Morty Lefko on stage about limiting beliefs. And um, while I had worked through a lot of my beliefs on my own um, through um, hard work and, and trial and error and, and long time, they had a system that uh, they were presenting on stage. And so naturally we got talking and, um, you know, developed a friendship. And as we start speaking about beliefs and entrepreneurship, we thought it would be really valuable for people, especially entrepreneurs who are finding themselves stuck in certain patterns and certain certain behaviors um, to bring this work to them. And so what this book does is basically brings uh, this work of emitting beliefs into the world of entrepreneurship and, and um, hopefully empowers entrepreneurs to um, get rid of anything that's holding them back. Yeah, especially now, because if, if you are an entrepreneur, if you're listening to this this podcast, and you have a business or a service um, or a product that really does help humanity, uh, it is important that anything that may be, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually stopping you um, from being able to step into the light and step into a place where you can really serve and serve right. well, um, then now's the time to start looking at that. Right. So, so Shelley, um, for those people who maybe hadn't heard the previous podcast that we have done together, um, tell us a little bit about the work that you do um, and, and why it is so important for not just entrepreneurs, but for any of us at this time of our life, you know, to be going, okay, well, now is the time for us to start shedding all of these old beliefs and programs that have kind of kept us in a holding pattern. Yeah, thanks, Nat. Um, so 30-some-odd years ago, um, when it was funny, when we used to talk about helping people eliminate beliefs, people used to say, you mean like religious beliefs? Like, what do you mean beliefs? You know, and now 30 years later, everybody knows it's very hard to make change without changing beliefs. So my late husband was on a intellectual, spiritual journey to find out why people know what to do and don't do it. So we all know that if we eat healthily and we exercise, we're going to feel better and live longer. But a lot of us don't do it. Um, we, Why do we do things knowing we go into relationships, knowing it's not a good one, but we go in anyway. We right. stay in anyway. So we don't do things we know we should do when we do things we know we shouldn't do. And he was kind of journaling on the plane. And he, as he said, modestly downloaded this process. And it's based on the premise that all of our behavior and emotions and our, our reality come from our mostly unconscious beliefs. Mm. And a belief is a statement about reality that you hold as the truth. That's what a belief is. So it's not like, well, maybe it's, that's the truth. And so there are very, very common beliefs. There's five of them that um, are the most common beliefs that people have that sabotage their, which is the name of our book, Beliefs That Sabotage Your Business and Your Life. And he found a way to permanently eliminate the beliefs. So it's not affirmations and burn it and tear it up and all that. It's very different. It's scientific. We've done research. But one of the things that attracted me. There were many things that attracted me to Vaughn. <laughs> one of the main things was that he had this ability to live. Um, I talk about watering all the plants, right? So if you had a house full of plants, you would never water just one. 
because the others would die. And very often we just water one plant, like a workaholic is watering that work plant, but all the other plants are killing over. So we have our health, our bodies, our relationships, our leisure time. And when I met Vaughn, he, first of all, he once when we first became friends, he didn't answer the phone for the whole weekend. And I said to him, where were you? Why didn't you call me back? And he said, oh, I had a device-free weekend with my daughter. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I'm in love. You know, he treats his employees. First of all, he has very diverse employees. He treats them uh, well, he pays for them to do personal growth things. You know, he does service work. He's out taking care of, you know, going traveling and working with children. And um, so he climbed Kilimanjaro, you know, so he was a man who was a serial entrepreneur. He owns a law firm. He owns an entertainment business. And yet he had this delicious life. So I said, this is somebody I want to get into bed with literally, no, uh, figuratively, <laughs> just we, um, to write a book with him on how to be an entrepreneur that's conscious and awake and is living their life intentionally. Right. So Vaughn, I, I'm curious when you saw Morty and Shelley doing that presentation uh, in, you know, in with Mind Valley. What was it about what they said that sparked something in you that that you went, maybe did you have an aha moment or was it just the whole presentation or was there something you went, oh, I need to know more about that? I was, you know, up to that point, I was very fascinated about what was happening to me and as I was struggling with certain things, whether it's money, um, you know, what money meant to me and what success meant to me and everything else. Um, I couldn't find one, you know, I would find pieces of information in different, um, books and, and, and different lectures and stuff. And here, um, I just found it very neatly packaged and very easily, um, understood, um, and explained that it just really resonated and made sense to me and, and really summed up the whole journey that I'd been on trying to overcome some of these beliefs. And so... Um, yeah, the whole presentation. And, and you know, I, I had already at that point discovered how changing myself was affecting my business and was changing my business. You know, mm-hmm. the whole concept of your business is a reflection of you and, you know, and who you are. Biggest part of it is what you believe in and, and that affects, you know, how you show up and what you do and how you act. And so I had some of that Proof in the in in a pudding where I I was seeing all of a sudden um, having a twenty at that point about twenty year old company um, began to grow a lot faster a lot a lot um, you know in the last four or five years we've made it to you know Inc five thousand fastest growing companies in in US where it's very rare for an older company to experience that kind of growth and back to back to back and. Mm not much had changed in my business and not much had changed how we do business. Um, a lot had changed uh, in me. And and I think that triggered the business growth. And I would see that in some of my clients as well as I, I see them go through some of their personal changes and personal growth. And so, yeah, it was fascinating because, you know, any entrepreneur 
they want growth. They want their company to succeed. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, and I have business education as well. And in business school, they teach you how to put a business plan together, how to scale, how to raise funds, how to brand. Um, very little attention is given to the entrepreneur who's making all these decisions. Right. Um, and brings to the table all their beliefs, uh, good and bad, limiting and not limiting. And so all of these decisions are being made through this filter or, or, uh, of, of whatever they believe. And realizing that, you know, sometimes it's not the business plan. Sometimes it's not the team. Sometimes it's not the market um, or, or the, the economy. Sometimes it's you. And so this just, it's one of the, I think, most important pieces as you're putting your business together or starting a business or you're trying to take your business to the next level is look at you and, and say, am, am I the person that, that this company needs to take it to that next level, right? Right. No, I love that. And, and, and even if you're not, if you're listening and you're not an entrepreneur, it's true in your job. It's true mm. in your relationships. It's true in your life. You know, if you start looking at, you know, they used to say, what's the common denominator in all your issues, you know, in, in your problems in life, it's you. <laughs> so when you start looking at your own beliefs, it frees you in every area of your life. Right. Yeah. So are you, did you, are you comfortable sharing some of the challenges that you, that you were facing personally, Vaughn? Yes. Um, that this work helped you with, you know? For sure. For sure. I, one of the issues I had, um, had to do with money where I was, you know, growing up in Soviet Union, um, capitalism was evil. And so if you're making money and you're succeeding and it's in an expense of somebody else and somebody else is suffering. And so I would find myself earlier on as I <clears throat> launched my business, um, doing a lot of the work, but when it came time, came time to invoice a client or ask for money, I would shy away. I would delay it. I would, you know, and that would create cash flow issues for my business. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't that the clients didn't want to pay. It was just I wasn't doing what I needed to do for them to facilitate getting paid. Um, and so I'd noticed that this there was a pattern. I kept postponing, and I kept, you know, a comment. You know, even sometimes they would bring it up, say, "Oh, you know," and also and like, "Yeah, we'll talk about that later. We'll deal with that later." And um, and so that was one of the things that that I had noticed. Um, another one was that you know in Soviet Union, um, you had to fit in. You you couldn't stand out. Um, you wanted you just wanted to be in that whatever box you put in, and you don't question anything. And so, um, U.S. especially as an entrepreneur, you have to be. It's very individualistic, right? And then you're constantly selling yourself, and you're constantly presenting yourself. You know, especially being an attorney. I'm the product that I'm selling. I'm just this, I'm the one that's providing the services. And I find myself really shying away from speaking highly about my experience, my accomplishments, whatever, just feeling like I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be standing out. I should just be fitting in. And so there's many, many examples like that that I find that is like, where's that come from? You know, yeah. um, I had a big fear of public speaking. Um, that, um, I had to overcome and eventually, you know, done a bunch of public speaking gigs and, and now enjoy still sometimes get nervous, but I, I don't have that fear. It's just, it's more of the excitement and a little bit of that butterflies I get before yeah. I get on stage. But, um, I had like a severe, um, fear of, uh, public speaking where 
even if they would ask like, you know, how many of you have been here before? I would not even raise my hand because what if they ask me? Right. That was the last time you were here, right? <laughs> right. Uh, it wasn't even about getting on stage, just even speaking from there. And so, um, and I've noticed that even I, I had gone back to business school because of a lot of my clients asking for business advice and business consulting. And um, I was at Cambridge Business School uh, doing a presentation and I felt like I was getting really nervous as well because uh, it was in front of the whole panel and the the, the, the professors and the, the, the class. And one of my um, classmates is like, aren't you an attorney? Don't you go to court and argue? And I said, yeah, I do, but this is different. I'm like, how is this different? And and so I realized that. So I, when I returned from business school, I that was one of the things that I kind of um, got into is working working through that fear. So, um, and each time I had done something like that, whether it's overcoming a fear of public speaking, over you know dealing with the money issues and stuff that that would reflect back onto the business and the business's success and growth yeah okay i want to pause for a moment to ask you this when it comes to tackling important tasks do you often find yourself putting them off right until the last minute do you often feel stressed and overwhelmed by what you should be doing and totally give up altogether are you constantly spinning in unproductive mental loops Well, if you can relate, my good friend and mind expert, John Asaraf and I are teaming up for a special online training where we'll show you exactly how to rewire your brain to eliminate the self-sabotaging patterns that are keeping you stuck right now. So if you're ready to replace procrastination with productivity, success and fulfillment, then head over to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash masterclass to claim your free ticket. So Shelley, I mean... Listening to Vaughn, I mean, I have some of those things myself or had some of those things myself, you know, and from a completely different upbringing, from a large family in a country town and we didn't have a lot of money and, you know, but and it's interesting how like we can all have a different life story but it still perpetuates the same kind of beliefs. You know, if I ask for money or if I have money, it means that somebody else is missing out. Um, that's a very common one for us, you know, um, yeah. or having the, I, I would always have challenges around asking for money. You know, I was working in fitness and, and I was in sales and I just had a really hard time with it because I just was, every fiber of my being was like, don't ask for money. Um, so, and that was part of my upbringing. So, so tell me how the work or the, how the work that you do helps people to get past these, you know, which are, I think are fairly common, you know, beliefs yeah. we have. Yeah. Thanks, Nat. Yeah. Um, so the way beliefs get formed is we come into this world and we don't know anything about money. We don't know anything if we're good enough or not good enough. We don't know if life is hard or easy. And we come into this little world and, you know, I of course know a lot about your childhood being, you know, knowing you for a long time and, you know, you're in this little country town, but to you, it's the world. It's like, this is the world. Here it is, you know? And, um, you know, we don't have money. So I guess money is scarce and hard to get. You know, my parents are struggling. I guess life is hard. And so children ask the question, why? Mm-hmm. You know, why Why does dad work so hard? Well, I guess you have to work hard to make money, you know. And why am I getting criticized? Why can't I live up to expectations? Well, I guess I'm not good enough. Now, here's the thing. We think 
we see our beliefs in the world. So I have clients in every country. I am so excited. I am working with a woman in Saudi Arabia. And I don't know why I have Australian. It blows my mind that she's in Saudi Arabia and she's right there, right? She has the same issues that everybody else does, the same beliefs, right? My father was very hard on me and blah, blah, blah. So here's the thing. If I say to anybody, doesn't it seem like you saw I'm not good enough or mistakes and failures are bad or life is hard or if you make money, somebody else doesn't. And everybody says, yes, I saw that. Now, it is impossible to not believe something you think you saw. Right. So if somebody said, oh, Vaughn doesn't have a beard, you'd say, no, he does. And mm. they'd say, no, he doesn't. I've known him a long time. He doesn't have a beard. You'd say, listen, I'm telling you, I saw him on a podcast yesterday. The guy has a beard. So you can't not believe something you think you saw. And here's the problem. You cannot see a belief, right? So you can see your parents struggling, but you can't see money is scarce and hard to get. You can see, you know, uh, somebody's very, very rich and, you know, they take money from other people or you can see your parents criticizing you. So our beliefs get formed because we think we're actually seeing them in the world and they stay with us. I've worked with five Harvard PhDs who had the belief, I'm stupid. Now, they knew they weren't stupid. They had some sense. Yeah, I went to Harvard. But any time they didn't know something or they made a mistake or something happened, they got upset. And they said to themselves, oh, God, I'm so stupid. One guy wouldn't leave his company because he had the belief I'm stupid and he would never get another job. And he had a PhD from Harvard. So evidence doesn't get rid of our beliefs. But when you get, you get to the source of the belief and then you get, I never saw that. I made that up. It's like Santa Claus. Yes, my interpretation of what I saw. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. It's my interpretation of what I saw. Mm -hmm. And then the belief goes away and stays away. Just like for eight years, you believe there's a Santa Claus. And one day you go, wait a minute. That's my dad. You know, that's not Santa Claus. The belief is gone and it never comes back because Mm. you got, I never saw Santa Claus. I made that up. Yeah. And the same thing is true with every belief that we have. Right, exactly. And uh, and I think that what makes it even compounded, even harder to overcome is that, you know, we have this perception and I, and it depends on how old you are, your personality, depends on a whole bunch of things because I'm one of eight kids and believe me, we all interpreted events in our childhood completely differently, you know. Um, but then we form this belief which then forms this filter in which we see the world. 
Yes, ma'am. And so our subconscious mind wants us to gather evidence that, yes, I am stupid or I'm not good enough or, you know, that whatever that belief is. And yeah. it's always looking, we see events that could be quite benign, um, but we see them as evidence through this lens of, you know, I don't have enough money or whatever that is. So, you know, it, it, it takes us a long time to overcome that. So and, and I just want to say one thing about that. We then give meaning to the event in the moment. So right. our beliefs determine the meaning we give. So if you have the belief, I'm not important, and somebody walks past you, you give it the meaning, oh, That's they're right. ignoring me, yeah. right? <laughs> and that meaning causes your feelings. Yes. So all of your emotions come from the meaning we give events. And meaning is in our mind. It's not in the events. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So Vaughn, um, with the book, what are you hoping or who do you, who would you like to reach with the book? And what are you hoping is the, the transformation or the change they have from, from reading that? Everybody, hopefully. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if our main audience is, is entrepreneurs, but when I say entrepreneurs is, uh, like Shelly said, you could be an employee, but you can mm -hmm. be an entrepreneurial employee. Like a lot of my employees are entrepreneurs on their own. So they, they solve their problems with, you know, whatever the, the, the client has and, and they, they run kind of their own business within our business. And so, um, whether you're aspiring entrepreneur or somebody who wants to start a business, whether you're working for a business and, and want to advance, whether you're studying, you're a student, whether it's business or undergraduate, uh, or you're a business owner that is trying to take the business to the next level, I think um, anytime you grow as a person, whatever you're doing, whether it's your business or whether it's your job, um, it's gonna get that's gonna get reflected in in your work right. and your company, and I see that day in day out, and and so I'm, I'm hoping that as they and and even outside work as well, as Shelley was was mentioning, you know, it, it affects every aspect of your life and all the plants, um, uh, um, you know, to to use that analogy. But hoping that anyone who's who's felt stuck in anything, who's felt like um, they want something more, and for some, you know, from some reason they don't know why, or maybe they know why they can't get to that next level, they can't experience that growth or that next step. Um, this is a book that just points the finger back at you and saying, maybe, maybe you should look at, you know, why you're making these decisions or why are you avoiding, uh, you know, these decisions and, or doing or not doing certain things. Yeah. So Shelley, it sounds like the book is written, you know, with entrepreneurs in mind, but it sounds like any of the principles could be used in love and relationships, friendships. Right with health, with anything. Right. Totally. And we actually take you step by step through the process. So the first thing we do is we look at different areas and what different beliefs are that would cause. So you're going to, reading the book, you're going to get in touch with where you're stuck because you may not even realize you're being an autocratic manager, or you may not realize that you're not speaking to your employees very nicely, you know, or that you're being negative about things or, you know, uh, my last client I just hung up with before this, 
you know, she reads emails and she reads to the end to make sure that nothing negative is in the email. And then she goes back and reads it. So she's kind of always expecting the worst. And there are people who are not even aware of that because it's like your skin. It's like, yeah, something bad's going to happen. You know, the other shoe is going to drop. That's another belief, you know. So it takes you through um, all the different areas of being an entrepreneur and being a person. And my favorite chapter in the book, so you'll go through the process, you can eliminate beliefs. But my favorite chapter is the last chapter where um, we call it Vaughn's chapter. Um, and it talks about being a conscious entrepreneur mm -hmm. and how to live your life fully with meaning and purpose, not just, you know, having money be the goal. Yeah. Um, and I know. And that's the thing with you, Vaughn, you, um, you know, you are a lawyer and you have an entertainment business, um, but you, you know, you enrich your life with, you know, the other, you know, uh, kind of, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the, the philanthropic things that you, that you do. Um, so, you know, to me, it mainly just says, well, it doesn't matter what you do, that you can find something, you know, in life to give back. For sure. Know? Yeah. For sure. And and going back to your point about, um, you know, this is not just for entrepreneurs, even in entrepreneurship, it's um, a lot of your success is not just a business, but it's relationships. It's relationship with your partners, relationship uh, with your employees, relationship with your clients. And so a lot of business is very personal as mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, unless you're a big corporation. Um, clients hire you because they like you and they trust you. And, and there's that personal relationship. And so uh, this makes you more attractive to your clients and, 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 you know, kind of get reads of, a lot of these things that that may prevent you from building that real connection with the client, with with your staff, with you know, and being able to communicate your vision and and have your company, you know, show up in your company the way that that you know inspires and and gets your team excited. Yeah. And so, uh, business is not just business. A lot of you know, entrepreneur, you know, whether you're raising money, whether you're building a team, whether you're selling a service or a product it's very personal and and so um not only this helps you in your personal life but a lot of your business is personal and and so i think that that's why it impacts the business so much yeah excellent you know i, I was just struck when you were speaking vaughn you know when i met you natalie you know you were one movies and so successful and and i remember this connection that we had and something happened. I just remember laughing hysterically and we went and had a drink and we dropped into this amazing conversation. And I felt like we'd been friends forever. But what I love about you is, you know, first of all, how you call me darling. I mean, I love, <laughs> love, 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 love that. But, but your authenticity is, you know, what inspires me. And, you know, for those of you who are listening, so many of us, you know, want to be successful and we want the money and we want the fame and we want the power and we want all that. And we think it defines us. And one of the things that I think we really work on and talk about in the book 
is this saying, you know, that you're not a human doing, you're a human being. And when my husband died at his memorial, people spoke about that, you know, they said, you know, um, he was the most loving man I ever met. Two people said, I knew him 40 years and I never heard him say a bad word about anybody. Mm. You know, my daughter said, I, I knew I was unconditionally loved every day of my life, but I never felt judged by my father, mm. you know, that that he made people feel special. Nobody talked about how many books he wrote or that he had a, uh, an MBA from the University of Chicago. No one gives a shit. I mean, truly, they care about who you are, what you do interests people who you are inspires them. Yeah. And this book speaks to that and gets you off that treadmill of, you know, I have to be successful, I have to be successful. And you can be successful and it's a game and it's a fun game, but it's just a game. Yeah. A and it's a journey. It's not like uh, you right. get there and then all of a sudden you're happy. Um, exactly. If you're not enjoying every moment, the good and the bad, you know, because you, even when you reach a certain milestone, there's going to be another one after that. It's like you're yeah. always on the journey. You'll always be going somewhere. So right. unless you can drop in and, and appreciate and be grateful for and and acknowledge all of the, the good and the bad along the way, it's it kind of, you're missing the point, I think. Right, right. So, um, so if you are listening to the podcast and you're like, okay, this sounds amazing. I need to get my hands on this book. Um, you want to go to hittingthewall.net. So when they go to that website, what will they find? They'll find information about the book, about Shelly and I, mm -hmm. and a link um, to purchase the book. Uh, there'll be also some bonus uh, materials and, and bonuses for early purchases. Um, and our contact information, should they want to contact us. And the book will be out August 29th. Yeah. Well, congratulations to the both of you. Thank I you. mean, this is such meaningful work. Um, I, I love the collaboration of the two of you together uh, and putting it in a format like this, which makes it very easy for people to understand, comprehend, and then embody and apply, which is, you know, reading a book is one thing, but actually doing the work and applying what it is that you learn is a different thing. And I think this book is set up to help people do that. So thank you so much for your time, the two of you, Shelley, Vaughn. So great thanks being with you today. Oh, thanks thank you, for Natalie. having us. Thank you. We always love any opportunity to be with you. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Not Over, Just Different. If you've been inspired by this episode and want to take the next step in your journey, be sure to check out our Welcome Pack. It's a great way to start your own personal development journey with the help of our amazing community. Next week, we'll be back with even more inspiring stories and practical advice for anyone ready to take on their next chapter in life, feeling fully empowered and full of passion for the journey ahead. And be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast by visiting notoverjustdifferent.com. Also, a five-star rating and review makes a huge difference in helping us get the word out. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, keep living your best life.